Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nixon. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Caps. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. Welcome back to the show this week, where today's guest is one Lou Corella. Um, this guy is absolutely phenomenal. There's going to be a lot of you on here that are football coaches or coaches in general that are going to know exactly who he is. There may be some of you on here that um, does not, but he's fastly approaching being a Division One uh, football strength and conditioning coach for two decades. I think he's in year 16 or so. He's currently at the University of Charlotte as their director of strength and conditioning. Um, I want you to listen to, in these in this short 16 years, where all he's been. He's been the head strength coach at Georgia Tech from 19 to 22, which is probably where, no, nah, probably the step before that was Buffalo in 2018, where he was named coach of the year by Football Scoop which is probably where I first came into contact with the name Lou Corella. But before that, he was at ULL, North Texas, Michigan, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech, um, South Florida, Virginia, Mississippi State again as a graduate assistant. My man knows how to load a U-Haul. Like he's got to be a <laughs> he's got to be a perfectionist as a uh, mover. So I want to first of all, Lou, thank you so much for coming on the show and Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Coach. Really appreciate you. Thank you for all you do, too. And I couldn't be happier uh, talking the whole gamut of leadership, toughness, strength, conditioning, coaching in general with a great high school coach. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you. And then before I go too far, if, you know, those of you that do not follow him on Instagram, at Lou Carella. Carella is C-A-R-A-L-L-A, Lou, L-E-W. YouTube, you you at Lewis Corella, 5753. But to be honest with you, all you got to do is go on YouTube and punch in Lewis Corella Motivation, and you're going to get all you want. At Twitter is at Lewis Corella. So y'all need to be sure and follow him. And the book that he's written is absolutely fire, right? Fire could be a good word to describe it. The name of it is Firelighters 365. It's a daily motivational message book for coaches, athletes, and leaders. And it's one that I have two books in the morning time. I read, I, I read ferociously. Okay. But I have two books that I read every day. I read the firelighters. I read two a day because I picked it up about halfway through the year trying to get through it. So I read two a day every day. And I have a Tim Tivo 365 day uh, daily devotional that I read two pages. I read two of his and I read two of yours before I start reading whatever I'm reading for the day. And they are absolutely fantastic. And the stuff you put out there is absolutely fantastic. So before I go any farther, I want to play this to start off with. And I think our listeners will be able to hear this. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to hear it. But it's a very short one. It's one of my favorite ones that I ran across um, with you because I think it's so true 
in this world that we live in. Let me see if I can play this. We're close to the microphone. Let's see people do a little work and think they should be winning, but winners work as hard as possible and still worry if they're being lazy. Lazy people do a little. What about that? What's your thought? Yeah, so when I got to uh, Georgia Tech, in my first team workout with the guys, you know, we, I shocked them. We sprinted to the indoor, did a whole bunch of team, uh, different events to get them fired up for the year. And uh, that was basically my first message of the team. And I really had no idea Cameron was even there. But something I've always done is give a message to the team uh, every day after the workouts because that's how I would want my son to get coached. And I wish I had more of that. Um, growing up and I feel like kids need it more now than ever so that's something I've always done but that quote to me is everything it, it's it's it, it means like if you're not paranoid about your own potential I don't know how you're gonna ever achieve it like I don't I don't think if you're never wondering how much more you could do and that's not just being a football player that's like being a husband too that's that's being a dad like is there any more you can do to try to help your family. Like if you're not thinking that question alone, it's not most likely going to happen. You know, Lou, I think, you know, the word, one of the words that come to my mind is imposter syndrome. And, you know, I'm a person that wakes up every single day that tries to be the very best I can be and try to get better every single day. But I do, you know, like I have that thought that, you know, am I doing enough? Am I doing this well enough? Am I, you know, am I being the best coach I can be to our players? Am I being the best husband? Am I trying to be the best father? You know, and I, it's a recurring, it's almost a, a nightmare thought. And it doesn't matter. Like we went 16 and 0 one year, right? And the next morning you wake up and think, man, like, what am I going to do today? Right. I mean, like, how am I going to get better today? Because don't nobody care about that no more. You know, like that's, that's history, you know, like that's, you know, that's a thing of the past. And then the flip side of that is, there are a lot of losers in this world, man. It just is what it is. I mean, yeah, 100%. wake up every day and think they're doing enough. I was going to say the same thing, like that the flip side is the realest thing because especially now, what can you give me that I haven't earned? Like that's the most common question. It's turning into college football, you know? Mm. It, I know it's in high school football trickling down, but like the more as time goes with the portal and the NIL, what can you give me? without earning anything and no doubt about it and here we are you know so you know then they meet someone like me talking about discipline toughness resilience fighting back bouncing back uh never giving up don't quit give your best like it doesn't even make sense to them like it's it's getting to be foreign language well one of the other ones that one of my other favorite ones is you know are you willing to sprint without knowing the distance and the answer by most people is no you know, like most people want to know what the distance is and then they want to decide, you know, am I willing to do it or not? You know what I mean? But how do you try to push that mentality on your players that the distance doesn't matter? Sprint, just sprint. Yeah, it's a drill we do. It's a drill I've always done with teams I've been with. So like at the end of our uh, team runs, we have a drill called the unknown. And I line up every position group on the goal line and, you know, D-line, O-line, whatever. It could be 40 and back. It could be 100 and back. It, it doesn't matter. When you hear the first whistle, you're sprinting. You have no idea when the second whistle is going to blow. You know it's going to come at some point. 
But all you're trying to do is beat everyone else around you and just go. Don't have fear. And it's hard. I mean, everyone, you know, here's that comment or here's that that, uh, you know, phrase. And they you can make fun of it or you can take it seriously and actually really go at a lot of goals in a different way that probably gets you a lot closer. You know, one of the visions I have when you say that is, you know, there's a little uh, little poster of, you know, two guys digging in a hole. One guy quits early and goes home. The other guy keeps digging. And, you know, the gold is just on the other side. Like, we don't know. You know, in life, we don't know. You know, like, we have to get up and chase it because we don't know when it's going to happen. Like, we're not promised anything. We're not promised, you know, much in this world. But chasing excellence is what we all should strive to do. And you and your program are the probably the strength and conditioning coach on the college level is the most important person in the entire program because you're the person that they're going to see more than they're going to see anybody else, you know, and you have to be able to set that tone with those guys. You know, tell me this, um, because I kind of put the cart before the horse. What what's your what's your purpose? You know, like what's your mission? Like what are your personal core values? Like what wakes you up and drives you to do what you do? A lot. Uh, but the mo like the reason I got into strength conditioning is because I like I, I want to help people. And I've never I never knew how to navigate that kind of feeling. But once I found strength conditioning, I realized it was the perfect field. And every day that I was an assistant, I dreamed about being a head strength coach. And I took notes and I I asked questions to the guys I was working for. And I tried to do a really good job for them. And ever since I've become a head strength coach in 2015, I've always tried to make it about the players. Like it's always about them in mind first and where are we all going? Because if I, I don't have a job without them and it, I got to make sure they know that I always tell them like, please don't respect me guys. Like I, I haven't earned anything. Like, please give me, a, give me a chance though. And I'm going to interview all of you and make sure I really have a pulse on who every individual in this room is about how you're even here. And then once that gets going and they understand that I'm doing all their workouts every day before they get here and they understand I'm trying to pour really gold into their life after every workout, um, eventually respect is earned. And then I believe in making a team. Like that's my mission. I, I want to, no matter how much this college game gets away from itself with all this selfishness. I try to bring selflessness to the table and still make a team that wants to fight for each other. Okay. I got two, I got a statement and I got a question. You know, the statement is, I, you know, I know that you wake up and do the workout before the kids do the workout. Okay. And I find that amazing because I don't do that. You know, like we may run 42 sprints, um, you know, on a day this summer, I'm not running 42 sprints before them, you know, now I may need to. Okay. But what, let me ask you this, like, what's the purpose? I understand maybe, um, what's the purpose of you? Is it respect? I mean, is that why you wake up and you do the workout it's, at four o'clock before the kids come in? It's more so of just who I am. It, it's really who I've always been. I, the day after I got done playing for the last time, I, I was sprinting in the weight room the next day and it's, it, I've never stopped. I've never it's just even as an assistant, when I didn't have the platform to speak to the kids every day, like I do now, uh, I was always doing the team's workouts. I was always trying to push my own limits and see how far I could take it and try new things and experiment and 
like it, don't like it. There's a lot of times also I do it for safety. You know, I'll try, I'll write stuff when I'm listening to war music and get too excited. And then I'll try it and I'll be like, I don't think that's a good idea. And I'll fix it before they even know it was written. And then the other part is just, you know, them, me knowing, like, I have a pretty good pulse on where our team's at uh, mentally. And if I can't, like, get through a wall during that workout, I know I'm going to have to really push these kids that day through that wall. And it's going to have to, you know, it just gives me more, more insight as a coach. Well, that, my sir, is why you are elite, because most of the strength and conditioning coaches are not doing that. They're just not, you know, which is, you know, why you have done the things that you've been able to do, you know, at such a young age. Another thing you brought up that I really want to hit on, selfishness. You know, more so today probably than ever because of the NIL, because of all of the social media, I think being selfish is maybe more of an issue than it's ever been. How do you go about when you when you have a kid come into the program that has been the best player in his school and he works extremely hard like he's a I mean, he's a star, but it's about him. You know, how do you go about? getting a kid to think we instead of me, you know, when he comes to you as a me guy, but you get, you've got to get him flipped to a we guy. I, you know, like what are some of the processes with that? You got to humble him right away. Like the, if you don't humble him, you have no chance and humbling happens with competition and you put your fiercest competitors that might not have all that flash, but you know, they're going to whoop them right against them in front of the whole team. And Watch what happens. Like, it's not it's not so much like pinning kids against each other. It's, look, this is the reality. It's not, you don't deserve anything. Like, yeah, you might be a great player, but you have to be with us. And this is all moving in the same direction, with or without you, man. Like, I always tell these guys this quote, <clears throat> if you're feeling entitled, stick your fist in a bucket of water and then take your fist out of the bucket of water and look at the hole you left because that's how much you'll be missed. Mm. And you could be replaced now at any point with the portal too. Like, yes, you can transfer, but yes, we can replace you. So like it, it's a double-edged sword now, but I do think the most effective way I've ever got through to selfish kids is humble them right away. Put them against your best guy ever out on competition day and watch him, watch him fail. Watch them have to go through not winning. Like, and then talk them through it and build them back up. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. I love the ice bucket uh, analogy because that's the truth. You know, like they will be gone so fast that w w you'll be moved on to the next guy in a, in a heartbeat and not be thinking about them. You know, tell me this. How does your success depend upon the person that run that the head football coach? How does your success depend on him? Because as somebody that has been a strength coach on a high school level, when I was an assistant, the job changed every time the coach changed, you know, like how does that determine the success that you can have with your kids? And, and, you know, you don't, I don't want you, I mean, obviously don't name nobody, but like, what about somebody that makes your job tougher as compared to somebody that, you know, enables you to be the very best that you can be with the program? Yeah. Great question. Um, it's very true too. Like you can have jobs that, yeah, you're the head guy, but you got to do this, that, and this because he wants it. 
you know, you want, he wants this kind of number on that max and for that position group. And it's like, uh, I just feel like that limits the strength coach a lot, especially if it's against what he believes the team needs. Um, it goes against any schooling you ever had. It goes against any uh, certification you earned, like to, to try to do it a way that you think should help them play football better. Uh, you got to pin something into your program that really, if they didn't say anything, wouldn't be there. So there's that. And then there's also the, the guys that just let you be you. And they're the ones that are the most effective, in my opinion, because they trust you. And when someone trusts you, it just feels like you can be free. Like you can you can literally help so many more people when you just feel trusted. And how's trust earned? <laughs> Well, you gotta you gotta prove it. You know, you gotta prove that it's gonna work. So go through a phase and and prove yourself. You know, all young coaches want trust, but earn it, earn the trust. Go 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 in the fire every day with the kids and get the most results out of them, and then show the coaches what you did. Like show, get the numbers early, get the numbers late. Show them it's all working. Show them all all of them are staying healthy, and I I don't think they'll stay on you too much after that. Well, I think you answered my next question was, you know, in college football, especially the success of a football coach is going to be measured by the wins and losses. You know, the record is going to equal the, you know, the success of a coach. Right. And and you're not going to get very long. If you don't win, you're not going to be there. You know, if you do win, then you're going to be like Saban. You'll be there forever. OK. How is the success of a strength coach defined? Like in the eyes of you know, a, a great head coach, what is, how is, how are you deemed successful? I honestly don't know anymore because sometimes I feel like I've done my best job. Like this past year, for example, I feel like I did my, maybe my best job I've ever done anywhere I've been. Not like, yes, number wise, a hundred percent, like the improvements were crazy, but the molding of 50 transfers and mm. making them like, the, the psychology degree that I don't have that I feel like I earned after this season. Like I, I just tried every trick in the bag that I could to mold this team into something that it never would have been in my opinion. And we went three and nine. It's like, it, you got nothing to show for it. And I guarantee when, when the top strength coach list comes out, it's, it's the top football records of the season. Like it's not, you're not defined by, well, I have the best players and I have the best coaching staff. So I am the best strength coach. Like that's, that's reality of the like whole world in general, but the strength coach, I really don't know how you define, especially in college football. Well, you know, the sad thing is, is, you know, it's kind of like a spoke on a tire, you know, like you're a spoke, you know, like you're, you're, you're one spoke man in, in this huge, you know, college football program of recruiting, of coaching, position coaching, you know, culture, like, you know, and, and you are going to be sometimes, for lack of a better word, sometimes you'll be the scapegoat because, yeah. you know, as well as I do, there are head coaches and I know some personally that sometimes have to sacrifice somebody else to keep their job another year and it's some of those spokes in the wheel that get sacrificed, you know, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Leads me to my next question. What is failure? 
Uh, giving up on a long time vision that you had because someone else tried to steer you away from it. I think like, I feel like when people give up on their own thoughts, that's failure. Like that's that, like, I've always wanted to be a head strength coach and for, for someone to be like, Hey, you should think of something else or you should do something else. Like for me to give that up, I think that would be failing because I believe in their opinion stronger than mine. And it's like, you know, I've always gone back and forth of you keep getting let go you keep getting let go or you know you, there's no loyalty back to you like you keep loving this game but it, it, like you keep moving and it's not by choice so why don't you just open your own gym like where you're from why don't you do that because it's like i don't have the brave heart feeling of running out of a tunnel with guys you just spent the whole year with to go to war with and watch them you know, I just love football. It's it's very hard for me to get away from that. And I think that's the that's the toughest part. But failure to me is just kind of believing in something so strong and, and then fading because of you gave in to others opinions and, and you listened. And that's true failure. I love that. I, I heard um, a lady ask Kobe Bryant one time It's one of my favorite clips. You may have seen it. Jamel Hill on BET asked him at what is failure and he got tickled, you know, like he said, I don't know. He said, I don't know what you mean. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, and he went on to say failure would be, you know, when you quit, if you don't quit, failure is feedback. You know, it's just feedback. It's like, what, what do I do next? And I feel like, you know, in your job, unfortunately you get a lot of feedback because you know, you have, I mean, when I sit there and look at all those moves, I mean, that's a lot of moves in 16 years, but, you know, also knowing how the mind works and man, our mind can play tricks on us sometime and trying to, how do you keep yourself positive, focused on your purpose and your mission when sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're moving or you're fired or you're, you know, the, the head coach is let go and you just got to go because you're, you're, you're attached to the head coach. You know, how do you keep yourself from, you know, those negative thoughts taking over your, your mind? You, you, you can't escape them. You just have to fight through them. And, and mm. like, they're all, they're all real. They're all coming. I'm not immune to them. It's, it's like, you know, when I was in North Texas, I, I dreamed of being a head guy forever and I got it. And it was year five of that staff. Where I was the new guy. And I got there. I did everything I always dreamed of with the team. It was a great off season, but we were the worst team in college football and we all got fired. So um, my wife was pregnant. We were due when health insurance was going to cut off and I didn't have a job. <laughs> you know, like what the heck, man? Like I worked this hard to get this, like this is what it is. And um, I, I ended up luckily getting a head job at Louisiana Lafayette and you know, it was back and forth trying to balance the baby being born, moving them, getting a new job, all this. Two years later, fired again because you didn't win enough. Okay, at that point, it was like breaking our heart. Like it, that, we had good neighbors. We, we liked our neighborhood. Our kids were happy. And then to move my family, take a pay cut, go to Buffalo, which was at the time February, it wasn't thrilling to my family. Like it wasn't, the, we weren't fired up, but that was the year. I just felt like this is it, man. Like if this doesn't work, I just feel like, I don't know if I'm, 
in the right thing, but I always believed the way I was doing it was the right way. And I knew I couldn't control third and eight. I knew I couldn't control fourth and one out there, but I, I did believe in how I was impacting these kids. And that year I was national strength coach of the year and I didn't change anything. I didn't, I just kept going. And it was, is, I mean, that, that proved to me that it's not necessarily what you're doing. It's just, if, are you going to end up in the right situation? And is it going to work? Cause the stuff works. If, if, if it all clicks, it's just, you know, that's cotton. I've realized that's not very common. <laughs> right. You know, there was a year where I got fired. I was an assistant coach at the high school that I graduated from and I more or less got fired. And, you know, I thought I would coach at that high school forever. I graduated from there. It was my first job out of college. My high school coach hired me. Then he leaves. Another guy comes in and leaves. And they on the third coach, the third coach says, I got my own strength guy. I got my own O-line guy, you know, adios amigos. And, you know, that was, it was a terrible time. Like, I, I mean, I'm sitting there and I can feel what you're saying, you know, with the wife and we had a, we had a two-year-old at the, you know, like it was just heartbreaking, you know, but now I look back on that and I thank the good Lord that I had the opportunity to go through that because, because of that, I ended up at a high school with one of the greatest high school football coaches in the state of Mississippi, who is a hall of fame guy that, man, like I learned everything, you know? So are you able to, you know, look back on those experiences now and say, I get it. You know, I just had to go through it, but it set me up for this. Well, it gave me that book, you know, it, it, it put that book in my heart. Like it wasn't until after really after Louisiana, I was, I was so mad. I was so, I was just so angry with the whole thing. And I turned it all into fire and turned it all into positivity. And mm. that was, that was, I was on a straight mission to write a book about just what it's really, what it's really like out there. Like it, everyone thinks like this old glamorous uh, coaching gig, right? It's, it's not, it's, it's, you got to truly go to the ground level with all these kids that have no idea about any of these things you're talking about and instill it in their life after 18 years of not having that for the most part. And that's why we're needed. It's not like any kid's squat going up 40 pounds in an offseason truly matters in the end. It's great. It helps your team. But the kids that text you 10 years later saying, hey, I just beat out four people on an interview because of this, this, and this, and I appreciate you. Like, no one's ever going to see that except you. But it, it, it just – there's so much that – I have learned through the downs and it's not anything to do with uh, what I did wrong. It's just how you had to keep fighting. It's, it's literally the failure, the, the obstacles, whatever, however you want to word it. It put a lot of perspective in my heart to give to these players every day. And, and it's truly my number one source of value. I love that. And I think the, the true success of a coach is, you know, when that young man comes back to you 10 years later, you know, or when that person, when that kid you coached invites you to the wedding, like we get caught up in the scoreboard. But, you know, when 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 we get to the pearly gates, my guess is um, our win-loss record is not going to be what impresses the good Lord. It's going to be uh, 
the kids that we made a difference in their life. And I know one of your topics in the book, and I pulled the book out because you brought it up. And if you have not bought Firelighters 365, I would suggest you go on Amazon right now and buy it because it's life changing. And, you know, it means more to me now knowing where it come from in your heart, you know, that like it makes sense to me where it come from. It's fantastic. I want to ask you about this one because I had this, um, some pages turned down that I wanted to ask you about some of the things in the book, which, you know, I hope number one, that it'll help somebody buy the book. Cause I get a lot of folks because I'm a, I mean, I probably read a hundred books a year. So, you know, this is one of the top books I've read this past year going into 2024. And I know people are going to buy it because of this, but this is something I wanted to kind of get into. Um, number 30 is book success in advance. Okay. So we're talking about an athlete. Let's talk about a high school athlete in say Nixon, Missouri or Pearl, Mississippi or wherever, you know, like how can they book success in advance? 30 caps are lightweight, one size fits all, football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33% of the impact, depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive sub-concussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows. Used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges, and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian Caps can help protect that helmet investment. Well, it all starts with discipline. And if you it like self-drive and discipline can take you anywhere you want. It's it's literally the only two things I think you need to keep. All the other stuff, it it trumps motivation, it trumps it trumps all that. If you wake up and have a great routine and have a self-driven mission that you're on, I really believe that's how you book success in advance. So what are you gonna do if you have those two things. You're going to eat right. You're going to sleep right. You're going to hydrate. You're going to study film. You're going to do extra work when everyone walks out. You're going to encourage your teammates on your rack. You're, you're going to be an outright leader by example. And that's that's the point. It's not to get these kids louder. It's not to make them speak up. It's to have discipline in their life and self-drive so they can book success long after this game ends. I love that. We have a kid, you know, that I think about um, in our program. His name is McCoy Sullivan. Last year at the end of football season, year before last, he weighed about 130 pounds. Well, he decides that he's going to book success in advance, and he works as hard as anybody in the program. He brings a suitcase full of food to eat every single day, not one day, not two days, like it's every day. And he came into fall camp this year at 160 pounds. He gained 30 pounds over the offseason, man, was and, and played corner for us, had a fantastic year. And I would say genetics, totally normal. You know, like nothing special, nothing, you know, like God didn't just say, McCoy, you're going to be fan. McCoy decided to book some success in advance. And when you see that happen, it's absolutely awesome. Speaking of booking success in advance, you probably don't know this, but I'm going to share it with you. And I want to know, in your opinion, where this kid ranks in the NFL um, offensive lineman strength category. We have a left tackle here in Nixon, Missouri, that is a 10th grader just coming out of his 10th grade year that's a, already a five-star. He will bench press – he bench pressed 405 for four reps the other day. Where would that put him 
in the he, he's six foot eight, 300 pounds. So his arms are really long and he almost close grips it, to be honest with you. Like, where would that rank him in, you know, like your offensive lineman where you're at strength wise? The top 99th percentile. It's crazy. Now, he's a kid that, you know, his mom and dad were both Olympians. His dad was a five-time world champion shot putter. His mom was an Olympian shot putter. So he has the genetics. But he also, people people say, you know, like he's special because of the genetics. And some of that's true. But the other part is he books success in advance too. He lives different. He eats different. He lives different. You know, he lives his life different. Like, you know, there is a such thing as booking success in advance. And, you know, now he's a young kid. He got a lot to work on, right? But strength, man, whoo, some kind of strong. That's the thing, too. Like, people people act like, uh, you know, this topic applies to the untalented guy. Like, when you have both, like, God, like God forbid if you had talent and you did all that. Like, just imagine what you could possibly do. But there's so many guys that just play one of those cards and it doesn't go as far. Like you got talent, you don't work as hard. You got don't have talent, you work harder. It's like, it, it, just have both. You know what I mean? Like if you got the talent, why waste it and get all that self-drive, discipline, accountability, toughness, grit, like have it. Just go instill it in your life and watch how far it goes. You know, there's a, we have a no BCD policy. Okay. No blaming, complaining, or getting defensive, but we live in a BCD world. We live in a comparison world. So, you know, when the Jackson Cantwells of the world walk out, people think, ah, you know, like that just, he just genetic, you know, like that. What people don't see and where we're cheated, where our, where our kids are cheated in this world is they don't see the work Kobe Bryant put in. They don't see the work that these people that are on ESPN, because a lot of them, they had both, you know, like they had talent, but, by George, they worked harder than everybody else, too. Um, my next question, what are some of the commonalities, some of the things that the best athletes you've ever been around, what are a few of the commonalities amongst them? Uh, extreme explosive power. Um, a freaky change of direction. Mm. The ability to bend very well. And I mean, that, yeah, like those things right there are not extremely common. And then the size. I mean, you can't coach size. I mean, that's when you got all that, they're the freakiest people alive. Sure. Um, now, there have been a lot of kids that have been less freaky but are unbelievable human beings that have made it much farther than those freaky guys. So uh, they took way more advantage of the things that take no talent. Yeah, I, you know, that's where, you know, I guess that's the reason why the, the Cantwell kid has an offer from every school in America because, you know, he's explosive. You know, he, he won the state and I think shot put as a ninth grader. Um you know, he's a huge kid that is pretty athletic, plays basketball, had a move the other night, man, where he kind of reversed up underneath. And I'm like, where'd that come from? You know what I'm saying? Which probably, you know, leads to that. But, you know, you also have those guys that you've been around that, you know, God didn't bless them with the best of everything. 
but they exceeded, you know, their, their, their character, their behavior, their work ethic, you know, and they got every ounce out of themselves that they could, you know, and sometimes as a coach, you know, you just love those kids, you know, I'm drawn to those kids because, you know, that was me. I wasn't gifted in no, I had to play. And I know you, your track record, like you weren't, you know, God didn't say, boom, you're going to be a division one running back at the university of Alabama. You know, you had to work really hard for everything you got. And, you know, I'm sure there's a special place in your heart for those type of kids. My second question, because you've been around a bunch, give me a few commonalities of some of the best football coaches that you've been around. What are some things that they do similar? Um, belief in their staff. You know, they, they empower, they empower their staff and, and they, they don't, they don't degrade them in front of the kids. They uh, they actually build them up and show camaraderie in front of the kids. And and I think that's huge because once a kid sniffs out like that, the head coach is not about that position coach, or he he kind of like undermines them real quick in front of you. Well, the players are next, you know, and, and that's the problem. So, uh, but the best coaches they they know their players. They, they really know their players and they, they, they have a great relationship in game responsibilities too. Like if your quarterback and your head coach love each other, you got a really good shot to have great communication on game day to make critical decisions that help you win. Or if you don't, you got a great chance of losing too, which, uh, you know, I've had the experience of watching several years, but, um, I, I believe a, a real, like some of the best coaches I've been around, they're exciting to be around too. Like you don't, you can't really predict what they're going to do that day maybe, but they're, they're, they're exciting. They, they motivate you. They're, they keep you determined on your mission. They, they want the best for you. They're, they're not out for themselves. And I think that's, you can, you don't have to like label that. You can just kind of feel it. So what about in 2024? Do you feel like, and this is just a personal, uh, you know, deal that I, I've thought about. Do you feel like that coach that is a phenomenal human being, you know, that does things right with the NIL and the transfer portal and all that, that we are pushing another narrative as the type of coach that you know, is going to be successful in this world. And I have a couple in mind, I'm not going to name them, that I think are great in the portal that are probably less than, you know, in the human being category. Do you think that's, you know, is that pushing that? A hundred percent. And it's, I'm, I'm trying to like stay focused on all the stuff I've always stood for and, and believed in and um, the culture piece of everything, but the culture piece is getting attacked right now hard. And you know, these words that I've lived by and still live by every day, they're just starting to fade more. And we're trying to just hold the rope a little bit. But yeah, I, I feel like that's the hardest part for me. Like, why do good things happen to bad people? Like, it's very hard to understand for me. And I, I try to not think about it. And I try to pray the other way. But like, it, it's happening everywhere. Like, like, Success is coming to people that have done a lot of wrongs to people. They've not treated people fairly. They've really gone behind people's back and, and did terrible things. And, 
why do those people get to win? You know, and it bothers me to this day, but what can I do about it? I can, I'm not going to falter to that. Sure. I'm going to trying to believe in the right stuff. Well, and there's, there's probably a, there's a guy in the Bible by the name of Job that probably asked the same thing, you know, like why do bad things happen to good people? They just do, you know, like that's not, you know, we were never promised an easy life and we were never promised, you know, and, and that goes back to your whole philosophy of, you know, can you sprint without seeing the finish line? Like we're not always going to know, you know, like, we're just not like, we're not going to know why some things happen and we're not going to understand everything, but it shouldn't change the way we wake up and the way we chase, you know, excellence every single day of our life. Um, you know, let me ask you this. Do you think it's fair to say another, this is just John Perry. Okay. Could you put a correlation between the amount of kids that go into the transfer portal and the culture of a program? Is there a, do you think there's a correlation? Um, no, not anymore because a lot of the kids that go in the portal, they're being told to go in. And mm. the, like the coaches are trying to clear out roster space for wow. new training. Yeah. It's not even their choice sometimes. Like that's the reality now. And yeah, it does look at first I thought like, man, they got like 15 transfers, man, their program must be rough inside. But a lot of them are being told to get out. Well, the first time I heard that I was at a clinic at the university of Alabama and Nick Saban is talking and he says, make no mistake about it. You know, the transfer portal can be deceiving because we do take kids by the hand and we lead them to the transfer portal. So it doesn't mean everything's bad. Sometimes right. it means we want to get another kid, you know, that maybe this and didn't turn out like we thought or didn't, you know, so that, that did, you know, open my mind to this. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you have a pencil or a pen in front of you? Yeah. Write these words down. And what I want you to do is rank them. This was from my strength coach. I have a great strength coach here. And I asked him to give me a couple of questions for you. And I know time's running down. So I want to I want to get to right. a couple of these questions. Write down these words. And then I want you to rank them in order of importance in your program. All right. All right. These are the words. Discipline. Consistency. Intensity. Program Programming. culture and form slash execution. All right. And how would you rank those in, in, you know, in your program that you run and have run? All right. So I ranked them. Okay. Number one is discipline. Number two is consistency. Number three is culture. Number four is, Intensity. I'm sorry. Number three, switching three and four. Because if you have one, two, and three, that makes up your culture. So if you have discipline, consistency, and intensity, you have a great culture, in my opinion. Um, and then uh, five would be form and execution, and then programming is six. So, like, I, I look forward to writing the workouts and keeping these kids interested and excited to come back. But if a kid can get away with something that another kid can't, we're done. Like it's over. And I don't care if you came from Florida or Notre Dame or Michigan, it doesn't matter. Like you're at Charlotte. And if you're here, you're doing it this way. And if you're not, well, either 
the head coach is going to support it or <laughs> we're not going to win. Like sure. that's, that's the bottom line. Like I, now I do know like players and coaches and different programs can get away with more than others. But the way I've always been raised and the way I believe in things, we're a team. We're, we're a team. So. And hence the reason why discipline was number one, you know, like doing things the right way. And, and one of the, you know, one of my favorite uh, Nick Saban quotes is the one that talks about, you know, can you do what you know you need to do when you don't want to do it? You know, like that's part of life, you know, like, I don't want to go walk today, but I'm going to, you know, like I'm not a man, I'm not a big fan, but I'm going to go knock that walk out because I know I need to, you know, right. what's, uh, you know, what, what's something that a high school strength coach could do to help your job, to make your job better? Uh, I mean, just pour the right stuff into the kid. Like I, like I understand some kids aren't going to be flexible and aren't going to be all that strong and, and naturally, but like, just try to pour the right stuff into them daily. Give them, give them self-drive, give them the discipline they're going to need. Give them, you know, great habits, teach them, you know, Hey, if you wake up at this time, you can get this in before this. And then like, just try to get their life on track before they get to college and they're on their own. Then yes. I mean, for physical standpoints, I mean, mobility would be great. Um, a baseline of good strength would be helpful. And then honestly, conditioning is probably the number one thing I see that separates young kids quick. It, it, either way, like if you're not in great shape, you're going to get backed up real quick. If you are in great shape and you come in beating some of the vets and some of the things we're doing with just the breathing stuff and the harder conditioning days, that will send a huge message to the coaching staff and the players. No doubt. I mean, that, that is awesome. That is awesome. All right. Um, you know, what, who are the three most influential people that influenced you in strength and conditioning or a couple? My three mentors. I mean, the three main guys are Matt Bayless, Aaron Wellman, and Ron McKeefrey. Those, those three guys have been really guiding lights for me the whole way. Every time I got let go, I called them right away. Every Every time I didn't let go, I call them all the time and ask questions. I, um, when a situation comes up that I haven't seen before, I call them. Like those guys, you know, I was an intern for Ron McKeefrey. I was an assistant NGA for Matt Bayless and his intern. And then I was an assistant for three years at Michigan with Aaron Wellman. Those three really molded my whole blueprint of how the weight room should feel. Not so much like, Hey, that you, I have to do this on Monday and I have to do this on Tuesday. Their mindset is what fired me up. Their, their whole outlook on how this operation should run and how a team should feel motivated me and, and really gave me the determination to go through all this. I love it. Two more questions. And I'm going to, I promise you, I'm going to quit harassing you. What are, what are your goals? Like what, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like, what are your goals? Um, my, I've accomplished goals that I've had. I wanted to be a head strength coach in division one. That was my goal coming out of college. Um, I've done that five times, but honestly, my goal is to continue. My, my goal is to, no matter what happens, no matter what person doesn't 
um, uh, or no matter what person stabs you in the back, no matter what person tries to like say things, whatever, keep believing in why you're doing this, no matter what comes your way, a loss, a firing, uh, whatever. And along the way, keep being a good dad, keep being a good husband and keep your family in line with just being good people. Cause this whole thing really doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't. It's, it's what I did to make money to raise my family and give them a good life. Um, and just try to be as consistent as I can, no matter how many times we have to move. Cause I've come up with this point of, you know, home is wherever we're together. And that's, Honestly, I uh, credit them a lot for supporting me on this. So that's awesome. That's really that. That's awesome. I read a book uh, one time that um, they interviewed a hundred people that were on hospice, you know, hospice care. So they were within a month or two of, of death or whatever the hospice deal is. And, you know, one of the, one of the things they never said, nobody ever said, they asked them all the same questions, you know, and they got all this, you know, um, and it was, I wish I would have worked more or worked harder or, you know, like it wasn't that, you know, what, what they regretted was not enough time doing some of the things that they had these big dreams of doing. They didn't spend enough time with their kids. They didn't take trips with their daughter. They didn't, you know, that was the things that all of them said. Nobody said, I wish I'd have worked more hours. I wish I would have, right. you know, that's not a commonality. Okay. Last question. How do you reinvent yourself? How do you try to get better like what do you do to be the very best that you can be and try to stay on top of you know something that you know does change a lot right i mean the field of strength and conditioning changes like you know what do you do to reinvent yourself and to be the very best you can be so i have a message in the book called year one and it's a year one mentality for me almost every year because think about the past year what i've been through so relocated, um, gained a ton of new perspective, met 120 new kids. Um, 50 of them are not here anymore. Uh, you know, suffered through a rough season again, uh, met a whole new coaching staff and had have so much more value in, in my heart to give. And then also, you know, all the podcasts I've listened to, all the books I've read, all the things that I've gone through personally through workouts to change things for this off season, and all the technology I could incorporate or not incorporate, uh, the competition systems we're doing. How do I make that spicy? How do I, you know, think about the entrance that they're coming in? What music are they going to listen to that day? Is it, you know, the team runs need to be different? Do they have to be together? Should they be offense, defense? It's like all these things to try to just make it more exciting this year compared to any year these kids have ever felt. Man, I absolutely love that. And I have, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Let me one more time say um, thank you. And if you have not, those of you listening, if you have not um, yet um, written down fire lighters, 365, the Lou Corella book that's out, man, it's absolutely um, fire. You will, you will enjoy every single bit about it. And I would say this, you know, follow him on all the social medias. Go on YouTube today and just punch in um, Lewis Carella and see what pops up, man. It is some absolutely fantastic stuff. One last question. Where does the motivation come for the daily, you know, like in this book, there's 365 daily messages. Did that start year one when you was a head strength coach or 
You know, like, was there any, how did that come about the, the daily messages? So I always like when I was an assistant in Michigan, I, I started coming up with my own quotes. I tried really hard to think about like concepts, like discipline, leadership, you know, toughness and, and not reinvent the word, but reinvent the, the twist on hitting people different with that concept of possibly, and just make it my own. And, you know, early on, I, I took quotes from books and shared it with the teams. And, but like, I've always tried to like really think about like when I do all the runs in the morning on my own, like I'll, my notes app on my phone is like almost full probably. Cause I, that's how I, that's when I think that's, that's the best version of me out there. And I feel like that that's where I think of the most purest stuff. And and if I see something that day, like it was my hobby for a while, especially at Georgia Tech, thinking about messages, like real messages to punch someone with. And it could be a kid skipping reps. It could be a kid lying. It could it could it could be completely negative and then twisted back into something positive. That was like a hobby of mine for a long time. And I eventually got to the point where I'm like, I'm going to publish this because I feel like if I were a coach, I would want something like this. If I had a team, I would want to pick any page in this book, put my thumb on it and say, all right, we're going over this today. What do we think? Like, and, and I had, that's why I put the questions at the end of the messages. Cause that's, that's what I would want if I were a coach. And that's why I did it. No doubt. And that's, you know, something we're going to start doing is using it with our kids and let that be, the message to start the day or to start our morning workout or to start because, you know, like it's, it's another form of teaching, man. We are teaching young men how to grow up and be productive in this world. That's changing every single day and to be a good father and to be a good dad. And that's, I mean, that's 365 things I can pour into them that I don't have to invent myself. You know, like you've already, you've already done it and put it in there for me. So, you know, another thing you all can do that's listening is if you go on your Apple podcast and just punch in the search menu and punch in Lewis Corella. Lewis has done a ton of podcasts. I've listened to several. Um, the Andy Frisella podcast. I listened to um, the Inky Johnson one, like, you know, to, for those of you that want more, you know, go on there and, and research it, man. It's some great stuff and, you know, allow him to motivate you because he is a motivator of young people and, you know, old people like myself too. So, you know, I appreciate it. Lou, any parting shots you'd like to say? Uh, yeah, one, one message. I think it applies to high school kids in general, because it definitely applies to college kids. And every NFL scout that comes into my office, they ask about, you know, every player that's on their list. They don't ask about what their 40 time is. They don't ask about, you know, how, like, Hey, what's the kid bench? Like, okay, they might write it down, but the main questions are, how is this kid for you? Like, what is he like? Is he a good teammate? Like, do the do the guys like him? Like, is he a leader? Does he do stuff on his own? Does he care? Does he love football? Like, it, so I always have, I got a message in the book that says, show me the car facts. And that, they're all just looking for those red line uh, warnings of, hey, this kid is really talented, but he's a nightmare to deal with. Or this kid at Clemson is probably better than him because this kid failed three drug tests. Or it, it just – and I look, I'm not trying to say anything negative about kids, the NFL scouts. That's not what I'm saying. I just mean 
they're digging and they they will find it and they're going to find something out about the truth. And if the truth is like unscathable for you, you're you're set, man. So start in high school, start developing all that work ethic and and being a good teammate and caring about others before this question comes up about you. Is he worth investing in? Amen. And, you know, one step further, you know, take care of your social media, you know, because I know they'll dive in there. I know, you know, you start putting some garbage out there into the world and and it matters, man. If you got two kids that are similar and you got one with garbage and you got one with good stuff, you know, like common sense tells you you're going to go with the one with good stuff, man. That's an outstanding um, parting shot for us. I appreciate, Lou, you taking the time to help us get better today, man. I'm so excited. I can't wait for this um, to come out. If there's anything that I can ever do for you and your you know, Pat, all you got to do is holler, man. I'll help you any way I can. Those of you listening, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And as always, man, you can always shoot me feedback. Tell me how I can be better and put a better product out there for you all. Um, but until next time, adios, amigos. <laughs>